Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today, we're going to talk about friendship yeah. in all its glory. I think it has special meaning at the holidays and especially when so many of us are away from our friends because of our isolation from the COVID. Mm -hmm. Nine and months of isolation. Was there something else that we wanted to talk about politically speaking? Oh, I think we should talk about how there's nothing to talk about. Let's do that. And I saw the movie Happiest Season, which is known as the lesbian Christmas movie. Ah. So I'll talk about that. And let's talk about friendship. Shall okay. We? You did a very friendly thing for me since I am incapacitated with my hip and getting up and down. It's more getting up and down the stairs than carrying things, although I couldn't have carried those boxes mm -hmm. by myself. I broke up a bunch of boxes and flattened them, but I needed you to cut them up so that they would fit in the recycling. Right. I want to say bin, but it's not a bin. It's a, what is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a bin. Okay. Yep. And that was very nice of you. And you brought me both a steam cleaner for my floors <laughs> and a roll of bounty towels. Anyway, it made me think about being vulnerable and being incapacitated. And, and accepting help. People. Yes, and being a people who needs people. Yeah, that's a big deal, accepting help from others. It's, it's very hard to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I relate and to that. Do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I've had to ask my downstairs neighbor to do something as simple, as, who I consider a friend, mm -hmm. to do something as simple as Donna brought me Thanksgiving dinner a day or two after Thanksgiving. She brought me leftovers mm -hmm. and I couldn't get down the stairs. So I had to ask him if he would get down, go and get them and bring them up the stairs. And he was very willing. But yeah. having to ask is very, very difficult. And mm -hmm. I think that it's a sign of friendship when you can ask. When you can. Yes, yeah. when you can. Mm -hmm. And when it's reciprocated. I mean, it's not a sign of friendship if it's not reciprocated. No, it does. It takes, uh, it takes a fair amount of vulnerability to ask people to help you. It takes also admitting that you are less than you think of yourself as. And currently, I'm less than I think of myself oh. as. Oh, right. You're not Wonder Woman this week. No, but I will be fairly bionic. After <laughs> you will be bionic. That's true. <laughs> will be, uh, yeah. So let's talk about our friendship since that's a good place to start. Why do you think we've been friends for so long? Well, one thing is we seem to, we have a conversational compatibility. Uh-huh. Like things that interest me, interest you and vice versa. I uh -huh. mean, it might not be the exact same things. Like maybe you're a little more into films and I'm a little more into, I don't know what, Theater. Stephen Sondheim or something. Yeah. But I think we're on the same wavelength about things about life that we find interesting or intriguing or troublesome or whatever. I would say, well, one that we share a sense of humor. Oh. And that's very There's important that. to me. I think our sense of humor may have formed together since we were in high school. Mm -hmm. And there's something in there where- Well, we were know, both raised on Rocky and Bullwinkle and Bugs Bunny. Yes, yeah. indeed. Also that we're very interested in how a human organism works, mm -hmm. how, what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. We're very intrigued by both externally and internally. Yeah. No, that's true. I've learned at work that I'm interested in that. I was telling you yesterday that I, I I work with students who are trying to get a PhD in English literature. And I always say, I don't really like to read myself, but I love people that do. And I love them. The, like the students I work with are amazing because they're all fascinated with why humans do what they do. It's kind oh. of... You know, it's called English literature, but it's really kind of a portal for the study, as I observe it anyways, for the study of psychology, spirituality, human dynamics, politics, history, sociology. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of a way into all huh. of these other 
topics. I think you and I both share that, that we're just interested yes. in how humans do humanness. One thing that I've observed is I have far fewer friends than I used to, certainly many fewer friends than I had when I was married. I would say more people that I thought were friends that turned out to be acquaintances mm -hmm. and sort of fell away. Not I was true. having a conversation with Zoe today. We were talking about the girls and their father and me having a meal together. And we sort of talked about how that came about. What I realized was that Ian was not a great husband. He had flaws as a mate, mm -hmm. but he's a really good friend. And I guess that our journey had to be that we had to go through the marriage in order to get to be friends. And oh, right. that's very significant for me because the intimacy that I have with him, just from the amount of time that we spent together and the life experiences that we had together means that there's very little room to or need to hide. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I treasure it because it's hard one, but I think it's very profound in its yeah, own way. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, I couldn't do that with my ex because there were for me, there had just been too much secrecy. Well, and he had friends who were like saying, oh, I hope you guys can be friends. And I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe someday we can be. I'm not going to close anything off. You said I think there has to be a certain him. amount. There was no trust. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think if you don't trust someone, like I would say that I didn't trust Ian on many levels, mm -hmm. but those were issues specific to the marriage. I don't need to trust him for those things now, right. now that I'm out of the marriage. Mm -hmm. But I think the that context changes. Yes. And I think that trust is something that is completely necessary for relationships. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what you do if you don't trust someone. That's not a real, just not a real friendship. Really? Right. Well, I know what you do. You drive to their house at night and you spy on them to see what they're doing. <laughs> That's what you do. Growth, you Everybody should know knows that. that. I certainly know that. That's what you do. <laughs> you don't want to, but you have to. <laughs> I will not comment on that, <laughs> but I will say that my friendship with you is unique and significant because it's so long lasting. Yeah. I did have a relationship with someone of over 40 years that I found more and more distressing as time went on and I finally had to let go of it. And it caused me a certain amount of pain to have to do that because I knew it would hurt the other person, mm -hmm. but I was just done with it. Mm -hmm. There was nothing left in it for me. It was sad, mm. but it's interesting because I think that certain friendships are formed with a kinetic energy over things that are shared interests. And I think that some are just proximity, like Mary Lou and Charlie, we've known them for forever. And part of us knowing each other was just that our children were in the same school. Right. And now after years, we have gone through life experiences together. It's really significant. Yeah. But it wasn't that we were drawn together because of mutual attraction. It was mm -hmm. really more out of our children going to school together and being friends. They were friends, so we became friends. Trump doesn't have any friends. He's famous for not having any friends. I mean, he just has no friends that he hangs out with. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw a little blurb in the Daily Mail today that said that he went golfing with Eric and Don Jr. And I thought to myself, wow, the Pickens must have been really slim oh. if he's forced to play golf with his sons who he never sees. Oh, right. He's going to become less popular soon. I do have to say that it's so nice that my world, my day is not taken up with that amount of stuff yeah. in my head. Yeah, it's amazing. There's it already is. a different vibe going on in the whole country, seems like. I feel lighter.
I guess there's still a huge segment of the population that is bitter and angry and feels the election was stolen and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just blissfully unaware of all of that. The only thing that I read that was significant and disturbing was that he's going to have a MAGA rally at the same time as the inauguration. Oh, yeah, I heard that, too. I don't know if he'll really do it or not, but you know what? Even if he does it, it's just going to be pathetic. I don't think it will be televised. It'd be strange if it was in contrast to the Biden inauguration, but still. Right. Um, yeah. Well, we talked about that a little last week. It's just interesting how I, I find it interesting to, to say how much of what he's doing is just the playing out of his own personal psychosis and inability to have people. Con- he's afraid of people perceiving him as having lost. That seems to be what he's most terrified of. Yes. And he is such a loser. It didn't occur to me until just recently what a loser he is if he hadn't won the election, if he'd never the first been one. president. Right. Yes, sorry, I should have been specific. If he had not won and had never been president, it would have been less of a loss than being categorically ousted after four years of having tried it and said, no, thank you. Yeah, he got fired. He did. Yeah. He got fired by 80 million people. Yeah. It's great. It's just so weird to go through a day and not have some awful thing that comes through the news about one more thing he's doing. There's going to be bad stuff. I mean, he's going to be pardoning people that need to be put behind bars. Oh, yeah. But I think he pardoned Mike Flynn this week. But couldn't that backfire on him? Because couldn't they bring Flynn in to testify? And Flynn couldn't use his right against self-incrimination because he's been pardoned. So I I think they could bring Flynn in. It would just be a question of if Flynn would tell the truth or not, and that's a big if. Well, he can't be unpardoned, right. so he could actually rat out Trump if he wanted to. He's right. too much of a lily-livered piece of shit to yeah. do that, but Trump no longer has anything over him. He didn't talk because he hoped he would be pardoned. Right. I think Trump can pardon absolutely as many people as he wants to. Yeah. For whatever reason, whatever they've done. He can just wave a magic yeah. Well, so that would speak to Roger Stone, definitely. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that was a commutation, and for some reason, it's a little bit of a different category. He didn't oh. pardon him. He's still, he's still guilty of the crime he did. Oh. It's just that he had his prison sentence commuted. That was sneaky. That's huh. what he asked for. And Trump gave it to him the very next day. Oh, he asked him for it? I didn't yeah, know Yeah, in the media. He said, I've always had the president's back, and I've stood strong, and I've stayed quiet, and I hope that he'll give me a commutation. And he oh, got he said a commutation. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. He says, well, I don't mind. I don't mind being guilty of the crime, but I would like a commutation. And sure enough, he got one. The weird thing that's happening in my mind now is the things he did that were awful, he had power when he did them. But now thinking back on them, I just think how stupid they were. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was terrible that he did them, but now I think that it just shows how absolutely idiotic he was. Mm -hmm. Rather than that he was doing things to be bad, I think he did them out of absolute ignorance and a lack of curiosity about what the presidency was all about. No, he had a pretty infantile sense of what the job was. And I guess he didn't really do much. I mean, everybody says he just, he watched TV and he played golf. Well, somebody was doing something because somebody was, Stephen Miller was doing a lot. That's right. That's right. He had, you know, what's so interesting about projection, how like they tried to make this meme about Joe Biden. Oh, you can't trust Joe Biden because he's surrounded by people who have a political agenda. Well, Uh That was exactly what what Trump's situation was. Oh, yeah. He was surrounded by, he still is surrounded by people with a political agenda. Mitch McConnell and on down from him. They have used him to further their own policy goals. That's true. Yeah. They just got tired. I think he exhausted us all. 
Boy, did he ever. I think that was a lot of it was people were just tired. Yeah. Just tired of all of the tweeting and the and the mm -hmm. chaos. Well, that's one way relationships end too, is like if it's bad, the way it was with Trump and us. At a certain point, you're almost not even angry anymore. You're just like sick of it. You just yeah. go, I just can't do it and I can't yeah, do it exactly. Well, I told you what my college friend said, her mother told her, her mother, who is a, a therapist said, some people confuse pain with love. Oh, yeah. And I found that very, very profound. Mm -hmm. And I, I certainly identified with that. Mm -hmm. So can I tell you about the Kristen Stewart lesbian movie? Oh, I saw? boy, a lesbian, a very lesbian Christmas. A very <laughs> it's called Happiest Season. Mm -hmm. And it stars Kristen Stewart, whom I love, and Mackenzie Davis. She is from the last Terminator movie. She's okay. a wonderful actress. I really like her. And Mary Steenburgen was in it. Victor Garber was in it. Oh, wow. It had really a wonderful cast. Mm -hmm. The lead character, played by Mackenzie Davis, invites her girlfriend, they're living together, to come to Christmas, which is a big deal at her family huge right. deal and because she hates christmas kristen stewart thinking that she would never say yes but mm -hmm. surprise surprise she says yes and mackenzie davis realizes that there are a lot of complications right one being she reveals this to kristen stewart as they're driving to meet her family that she has never come out to her family and they don't know that she has a girlfriend Oh my God. So not only does she ask Kristen Stewart to not reveal their relationship, mm -hmm. she asks her not to reveal that she's gay. Oh, brother. Hijinks ensue. Eesh. And the ask is bad enough, but then mm -hmm. the behavior of the lead character is so reprehensible. I mean, she leaves Kristen Stewart alone for hours at a time. She doesn't take care of her. She's defensive about the things that she's doing that are sneaky. And I finally just got so disgusted with it. Oh, I, no. I did. I did. Because going back to trust again, mm -hmm. issues spoke to her character. And her old girlfriend told a story that they were each other's first girlfriends in high school and that the girlfriend played by Aubrey Plaza used to leave love notes in Mackenzie Davis's locker. Mm -hmm. And one day someone found one oh. and accused both of them of being lesbians. And Mackenzie Davis said, it's not me, it's her. She's stalking me. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? How do you continue a relationship with someone like that? I, yeah. I just don't know. And they end up together. <laughs> <laughs> oh. huh. so i just found it a little unforgivable because what it said to me was well lesbians their standards have to be lower because they're you know mm -hmm. they don't have as much choice so right. they just have to really not think very well of themselves take whatever they can get yeah interesting that they would premise it on deception between them yeah it just reminds me one time when i was doing best little whorehouse in texas my boyfriend at the time his family lived near one of the towns where we did that show so oh, really he, yeah we did the show in valley forge pa which is close to uh, philadelphia and he had grown up in this suburb of, of philadelphia called berwin so i stayed with him at his folks house for a night or two in pennsylvania oh. and it wasn't that he had lied to them they 
they, they knew who I was and what I was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what we were to each other, but they were so not okay with it, you know. Oh. And I wasn't ready for the uncomfortable silences, you know, like at the breakfast table. It was just awful. And I, oh. I felt kind of betrayed, you know, that I was brought into that kind of a of an environment. But at least it was sounds like what he did was much more open and honest than what this woman who was the one with the parents? Was that Kristen Stewart? No, Kristen Stewart had no parents. Her parents had died in a, in a okay. car accident. So she's and the one who had been asked to come for Christmas. Kristen Stewart had been asked to come for Christmas. Right. And was and not told at the time that the parents yes. didn't know about her. About yes. her, her not only brother. that, but Victor Garber was the father and he was running for political office. Oh, and no. the idea mm-hmm. that his perfect daughter might be a lesbian would, who the fuck would care if anybody's daughter was a lesbian anymore? These I mean, days, really. not anymore. It, remi- it sounds if like Dick the- Cheney doesn't care, then who cares? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I, I know you were looking forward to that movie. and I really it was. Like it was a horrible disappointment. <laughs> it was a horrible disappointment. I even paid eleven ninety nine for Hulu because oh, Hulu is the only platform it was, that was playing on. Yeah. yeah. How are we doing on time? Well, it's 6.58. Oh, but I'm, I, I don't have anything more interesting to talk about. I, um, I think because we saw each other, we had Thanksgiving together and we saw each other yesterday. I th- oh, we yeah. Had- we had a Zoom Thanksgiving. We did. That was fun. It was lots of fun. I was surprised. I, I wasn't dreading it or anything, but I just thought, well, this is going to be interesting. I was surprised how much I enjoyed making my little solo Thanksgiving meal. I got (laughs) such pleasure out of it. I almost didn't do it. I just did it as an afterthought. That's interesting because I don't like to cook. It's never been something that relaxes me or right. that I feel like, oh, I really want to make this one thing, but I do. Yeah, want to I'm not too weird that way. And I, yeah, I think it's almost cheating for me to call what I did cooking because mostly it was heating things up, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun to just um, treat myself to that. It felt yeah. really good. Yeah. Very nour- nourishing. I was pleased with everything except my yam dish. I was bitterly, bitterly disappointed, which is one of my favorite things. Not the kind with the marshmallows on it. Something a little bit hoity-toityer than that. But this one had pecans. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But sadly, Trader Joe's let me down. I had to laugh when I made stovetop stuffing because I have that story I've told out in Malibu about the time I tried to make true chestnut stuffing with real chestnuts. But but what cracked me up was the stovetop stuffing was so good. Oh, really? And I could have made it it in five minutes. And instead, I did like three or four or five hours trying to make that stuffing years ago. But anyway, I got a good story out of it. Well, maybe you should tell that story just because people who are listening don't know. You don't have to Uh, tell the whole thing. But if you want to tell a shortened version of it. Yeah, it would take way too long. But the gist of it is that I went to a potluck and I volunteered to make stuffing. And my friend Connie Barnett in New York, who was a great gourmet chef herself, said the best stuffing is chestnut stuffing. And that's all she said. And so I went to my Mark Bittman New York Times cookbook and I got a recipe. 
Um, I just learned the hard way that dealing with chestnuts takes some experience and some expertise. If you I don't use, even know there's, how do you even, what do you do with them? You peel them and there's a soft thing in the middle that you use. There's like a, there's the meat of the chestnut uh -huh. is, is inside. But, and do you um, have to steam them or how do you get? You steam them or roast them and you score oh. them. And then once they cook enough, like they roast enough, then supposedly you break them open and get the, get the stuff out of them. Wow. So you're not putting that whole big hard nut in your right. stuff. It's not for the inexperienced chef or the faint yeah. of heart. So I'm sticking to <laughs> stovetop from now on. And how did it taste at the end of the day? Well, not so good. It just went from bad to worse. The chestnuts were exploding and they were firing all around my kitchen and it was just bad news. And somehow <laughs> the stuffing itself got, I, I don't know, I put too much butter in it or something. So it turned into sort of this kind of gruel. And that's why I had <laughs> The magic word in West Hollywood that'll get you out of any scrape is quinoa. <laughs> Just, that's, the, that's the code word. That's a safe word. Well, well I, think I that's guess we're talked right. out. Yeah. I, it's never happened before. <laughs> I said that the last time it happened, though. But it's okay that it happened. We've. That's why we're friends. <laughs> yes. We don't that's remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret of a true friendship. Poor memory. <laughs> well, that certainly happened today when you changed the time and I had no memory of it changing. That yeah. was quite horrifying because I was such an unpunctual person for so long. I pride myself on my punctuality. So now that I've been redeemed, I take it very hard that I was not prepared for. Oh, it was nothing. Okay. Right. Well, let's say goodbye to our boomers. Bye, friend. boomers. Bye, all. Great being Hope with you. We all made it through the holidays well. Yes, and with any luck, I'll have a new hip and we'll have a new show. Soon, yes. Okay. Very soon. Whew. I'll give a full report. Oh, boy. We'll have plenty yeah. to talk about. We certainly okay. will. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So long. Bye.